hey, oh, hey, hey, I'm glad you could make it, guys. Hey, have whatever, whatever you want. Uh, there's some local beers in the fridge. There's whiskey over there. Go nuts. Just make yourself at home. John, I didn't think you were going to make it. Where are the kids? Ah, you got a babysitter. She let you do that? Jared, I can't believe you actually made it, man. Where are you living nowadays? Oh, yeah, way out there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Is Sarah coming? Ah, oh, no way. All right. I think Mike's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just pulled up, actually. Oh, hey, and it's Laura. Laura, how are you doing? Oh, my God. Your place is so nice. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I've been, <laughs> been doing a lot of remodeling. Let me just tell you. Actually, I think I saw Sarah over in the kitchen. You want to go get her? I want to she walk you through some stuff. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, 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 Sarah. Uh, hey. Yeah. Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch romantic comedy. You're made of everything you do. Welcome to a very special seasonal episode of RomanticComedyCommentary.com, or as Sarah chooses to call it. Sarah calls it RomComCom.com. And this week, as you heard in the intro, we have a very special guest back with us. We have Laura with us. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, we are doing a very special in-theater episode. And in case you didn't see the title, I'm going to wait to tell you through the form of a story. That's how I'll reveal what movie you did, Sarah. All right. So this week, I went with my mother to a holiday saxophone extravaganza for one Mr. Dave Cause, a person I did not know prior to going to this concert. (laughs) And there are, I swear to God, it was batshit crazy. There were Pink Floyd lasers. There was smoke across the stage. (laughs) They were coming through the crowd playing saxophones and a lot of crotch thrusts going on. I mean, for a saxophone show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the women in the crowd were all our mother's age, and they were losing their minds. And so at one point, hand to God, this happened. And at one point, there's a row of stools across the stage, and a guy walks out who looks like our friend Scott, but with brown hair. Mm -hmm. Scotty brown hair. We call him Scotty brown hair. Uh, (laughs) And he comes out and sits on the stool and looks at the crowd, and, oh, this is just such a special night, everybody. I'm having such a great time. And uh, I want to take it back and slow things down a little bit with... uh, a song off my first album that really helped break me big. This is my sensual take on George Michael's Last Christmas. And that's the movie we're doing this week. We're doing Last Christmas. And not because of that experience. But what an experience it was. it really helped, yes. Well, Sarah, before we really get into it, do you want to give a quick rundown of the movie? Yes, but I do want to say um, we went inside in the theaters with my eight-year-old, and I forgot to look up anything that the movie was about so when we're in the theater there's a preview going on that was a very kind of sexy movie like romance story and i'm like "Uh uh-oh if this is the preview what is this movie gonna be like and justin said you didn't look at it first nope i have no idea so our eight-year-old was with me the whole time luckily totally fine pretty fine fine for an eight-year-old Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, while we, while we were in the theater, I've got to say, I was not prepared for us to go into one of those luxury oh, yeah. movie theaters. It was a dine-in. Yeah. yeah. And here's where it got awkward, yeah. Laura. Okay. So, have you ever been to one of those, like, dine-in-y things? No, not dine-in. No. Okay. You're really missing out. It's, like, big. It was an AMC. But they had a special section that was just dine-in. But it's, like, a big plush recliners, but... 
but two of them are next to each other. And then so they share an armrest. They share an armrest. Yeah. And then there's like a table thing kind of in the middle and then another. So pairs of two. And we go in and it's like our seats. You pick the seats. You know, you don't just go. You like assign seating. And mm-hmm. we go in and the seat next to me is like a teenage girl with a bunch of her friends. And I'm like, this is fantastic. So I'm like, mm-hmm. leaning, and we're sharing an armrest. So the whole movie, I'm awkwardly leaning as far away from this girl as I possibly can because <laughs> I'm an adult male on a Friday night in a romantic comedy With theater. my friend and her daughter. Yeah, so so that was, yeah. So I'm now apparently uncomfortable in movie theater. Why didn't you just pretend like you were the dad? <laughs> Because I was already uncomfortable not thinking clearly. <laughs> Could have really, really leaned into that one. Yeah, your solution makes more sense. <laughs> if he was the dad, though, then Emma probably would have been between us. And I stuck her on the other side of me so I could whisper things at Dustin awkwardly during the movie. Fair enough. Yeah. So this movie is set in London. Which mega, is... mega spoiler, though. Mega spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. You're going to see this movie. Yes, there is a big, big spoiler that will ruin the movie. So please do not listen to this unless you want it to be spoiled. Stop listening right now if you haven't seen her care. Okay, now, I did not see this coming, and I was shocked. And it took your daughter mm. almost a full day to wrap her head around what happened. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. see it coming either. I didn't. No, but I'm glad I because apparently... There was a trailer that came out early that hinted at it and ruined it and made everyone really angry, which I think is one of the reasons why it's rated so low. So I never saw the trailer. I had no idea what I was doing. So I'm really lucky because I came into it totally out of nowhere. The same. Good. But I didn't see that. Yeah. So Amelia Clark is a Christmas elf at a apparently year-round Christmas store. But this is Christmas time in London in 2017 for whatever reason. And she has had some sort of health crisis they're not hinting at. It actually opens on her singing back in Yugoslavia. And then fast forward 18 years to 2017. And she is now going to auditions, not doing well, had a health crisis, moved home, is now trying to get out on her feet, uh, works this Christmas store that she hates, sleeps on other people's couches, um, is working and sees a guy standing outside looking up. And she goes outside to see what he's looking at. And then a bird poops in her eye and he helps her clean it off and then asks her if she wants to go for a walk. And she's like, I don't know you. You're weird. And then the next day she sees him. She's kind of intrigued by him, Henry Golding. And he's like different and he kind of like does a lot of spins and is just kind of like Jiminy Cricket a little bit. (laughs) And um, anyway, she starts to rely on him, but he works nights. She decides to go back to her parents' house. Her mom's a real handful, Emma Thompson. We find out that she had a heart transplant. And ever since then, her mom's really wanted to care for her, but she has wanted to be out on her own, has never gotten it right, can't seem to sing, relies on Henry to give her kind of that soul that she was missing in her life. And she starts making better decisions Um, goes to this homeless shelter where she thinks he was working, starts helping out there, starts singing Christmas songs to raise money for the homeless shelter. Um, They start to like her. She um, intermittently runs into Henry, but he's never around. Then finally, she finds him after a few days, and it's just a mess. He takes her back to his apartment, ends up tucking her into bed. She tells him about her heart transplant and how he's the only one who makes her feel good. Then... They kiss, she falls asleep, wakes up, he's gone. 
she finds him on a park bench. He says, you can't rely on me. She's like, fine, I don't want to be with you. Breaks up with him or whatever that was. And then she starts working more earnestly with the homeless shelter to create a holiday show. Tries to make amends with her sister, who she kind of outed as gay at a family dinner. Starts making better decisions for herself. And... She finally has, is fed up with the fact that she hasn't seen him, even though she breaks up with him. She goes back to his apartment. There's a realtor standing there asking her if she wants to look at it. He's like, yeah, this is in probate. That happens. And she's like, what does that mean? He's like, well, there was a death. And so it's been sitting for a while. And she starts freaking out because he says some guy named Webster. And she's like, holy shit. And all these flashbacks happen. <gasps> that... Her heart transplant was Henry Golding's heart. He was a bicycle messenger and got hit by a bus on Christmas last year, last Christmas. And his name is Tom Webster. And she gets his heart so she can see him. And apparently he's a ghost who's only only seeable by her. And he's helping her get her shit together, basically get her heart back. And so then she goes back to the bench and realizes that it says his name that was his like favorite place and that was his bench it says tom webster on it then they have a big christmas show she sings the opening everyone's all together it's so great and then she kind of like seems to like she gets her voice back and they sing last christmas and then the whole band comes out and it's like happy lovey then it ends with her family on christmas day her mom tries to sing this awful sad song her dad makes fun of her, and then they start singing a happy song, and they're all together and happy. The end. Right. That was not very concise and fairly confusing, <laughs> but that's what happens. The long and the short was he wasn't a ghost. He was a part. He was of a, her. or he was a, he was, yeah, only available to her, right? Yeah. Was he a part of her, or was he a, her own personal ghost? No, I think a part. That's because his heart, his heart was part of her. But then, why did he keep disappearing? That's a good question. That is a good question. But the the movie was right in front of us what the turn was going to be. Last, Last Christmas, Christmas, I gave, gave you, you my heart. heart. And the very next day, you forgot how to sing. You went and threw <laughs> it away. Next she didn't throw year. it away. Well, she did. I mean, I guess metaphorically, because then she started like spiraling out of control and making this bad movie, decisions. Uh, okay. When when this movie was over, yeah, I turned to Steve and I was like, "They fucking six sensed us." <laughs> <laughs> this movie is Return to Me. That's what I read on IMDb. A bastard child with the sixth sense. Oh, so explain Return to Me because I read something you've never, about that. Okay, no. if you've never seen Return to Me, what happens is Minnie Driver mm-hmm. and David Duchovny. Mm. And David Duchovny's wife dies. Yeah. And Minnie Driver gets, gets her, her heart. heart. I guess it's her heart. I forget. I haven't it's seen her it in a long time. It's a heart. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so David Duchovny meets Minnie Driver at some point. He's on a blind date. Mm. And not with Minnie Driver, but Minnie Driver is his waitress. Oh. And he ends up hitting it off with Minnie Driver, and then they start dating, and he realizes that <gasps> she she's the one who, re- who received his wife's heart. Oh. So. Crazy. This is the bastard child of Return to Me in Sixth Sense. Yeah. Return to Me with ghosts. Wow. I love it. So I will say, though, I did think that it, he was a ghost. You did? 
I mean, I don't know. I, I just thought assumed he was, he was just a very strange man. Why do ghosts have oh, to be so whimsical? No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> think that. I didn't think that he was a ghost throughout the movie. I just at the end oh. when Justin said he was just a part of her, I thought he was a ghost. I interpreted him as a ghost. Yeah, but yes, available to her only. Right, a yeah. heart ghost. And I guess they kind of alluded to it throughout the movie because he never showed up in reflections or in buses passing by. You never see. Did you reflection. notice that? No, I read about it later. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was I was like, wow, a and suit. she no, and she also flashes back to when she was changing in the doorway, and he's supposed to be standing in front of her, hiding her coat, but all these like construction workers are walking by and whistling at her. They did flash to a few key scenes, yeah, that some stuff that sense. made sense. He never changes his clothes, and his apartment is insanely clean and yes. weird. And she was like, of course it would be, and I was like, really? really? I mean, he's a little whimsical. I thought maybe yeah. his apartment would have a little more stuff in it. Right. But, but we know it's his apartment because he the realtor opens the cabinet, and his phone is in there. And she's like, oh, my God, of course it's in there, because he said early on, he keeps his phone he in the cabinet. Phone. Yes. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be connected to it. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, general sense, like, what did you guys? Did you guys like this movie? I really did. You really did. I well, liked Justin, it a I think lot. Said that he no, I sincerely love this movie. Yeah. This was. A, I really did enjoy this. It movie. It really got me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I wish that I hadn't expected it to be. Uh, more of a romantic comedy and I guess we'll get into we can get into that when we Hmm. talk about whether it's a romantic comedy but if I hadn't come into it with that pre-existing expectation Mm. I probably would have liked it a little more see I had zero expectations I didn't know who was in it I didn't know where it was set I didn't know who wrote it I didn't know what was happening Justin just said or you said like let's go see this one I didn't even know if it was a romantic comedy so and also, I was watching it with an eight-year-old, so I think it's easier to suspend your disbelief when you're next to a kid. For sure. Who's like, has no sense of disbelief whatsoever. Yeah. 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 And I'm okay with that part. Yeah. yeah. And I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And I liked looking at all the London spaces. Yes. If there's, is there a word for a Londonite? Because that's you. Uh, well, Anglophile, someone who's okay. obsessed with then that's English it. culture. Yeah. In a good way. Yes. Uh, I'll say not the, like a pedophile. <laughs> no, not like that whatsoever. Uh, no, the one thing I really, really, sincerely liked about it, and and this is coming from someone that does not like the holidays, really. Like I just they get me down and all this and that. Mm-hmm. But the thing, I, whoa, yeah. Hold on, you got to expand on that a little bit more. Uh, have you not been listening? Yeah, to our have podcast? you not been listening to our podcast? It's been pretty out there. Uh, it's, I just said it. Well, no, I just. <laughs> We got Laura to apologize. Well, yeah, no, I just, I, uh, I, I, I end up spending a lot of the holidays kind of alone. My mom goes out of town. My dad passed away this time of year. And I end up just spending a lot of, I've eaten McDonald's for more than one Christmas day just because. And that's fine. That's life. That's fine. But the thing I liked about this movie is that she kind of. Doesn't like the holidays either. She doesn't like holidays. And she, her general world outlook is like, I think she even says it at one point, like, why is my life so shitty? Mm-hmm. And when she's dragging her thing. But then through the movie, she kind of, with this Tom guy's help, chain, decides that she's going to just see the world differently. Yeah. The world around her doesn't change. Her yeah. outlook towards it, her attitude towards it changes. And I remember I was even saying to someone a couple months ago. Yeah, the world's not different. 
Well, and I was saying to someone even just a couple of months ago, because they were, it was talking to someone who was real downtrodden. I was like, listen, and they were being real, just everything was terrible and all that. Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, you get to, de- you can't decide what the world is, but you get to decide what the world is to you. Like how mm-hmm. you view things. If you want to view everything as terrible, you can. And I like that. that and genuinely, since I saw like this movie, I mean, Gary knows a couple days ago, but I really have tried walking around with that and just going like. I get to decide if I don't like this time of year. Yeah. I love that lesson that you've taken away mm-hmm. from it. I think that is a perfect interpretation of what that what this movie is supposed to be. Like the yeah, lesson from this movie. Absolutely. That is, that is I mean, that's great. the quote I chose. You know, you're made of everything you do. Your, your choices are what make your life. And that's, you know, back to our college days. That's the whole idea of existentialism. That you make your own happiness. Uh, Sarah has had a recent existentialism. <laughs> she got into I'm a, back. She got into a bar argument with a friend of ours about existentialism, yeah. and, and she was not happy not, that he wasn't It's not to her. Um, nihilism. It's not that not nothing matters. Oh, it's that you choose your own page. meaning. You make I your think, own meaning. I think that class changed both of our lives. Yeah, so, <laughs> totally. It was so. Good. It was so good. Yeah, so good. It was a validation of every idea I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is that. I want to sign up for this. Yeah. And we did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Diane Dunham. Yeah, she's so what good. A lady. She's the best. Diane, I hope you're out there. Extending it further when I say I'm trying to make this change, I almost, and I didn't do it so it doesn't count, mm-hmm. but I almost got up and got someone's cinnamon rolls the other day just to make, like yesterday. I didn't end up having time, but yeah. I got up and I was like, I bet that would make that person's day. I didn't do it, but I'm going to do it. And that's Road kind to of hell. close enough. To- Road to hell. <laughs> It's not the same, but I hope you do that, and I'm glad you had the idea. (laughs) You can text me every time you almost do something for someone else. (laughs) Maybe I I should start a I should start like an Instagram or a Twitter where I go over all the things that I'm thinking and doing. Almost bought someone a cat today. Well, you know the danger in that is they say you get the same the same gratification chemically as doing a thing as you do just seriously considering it it. that's led me to this point but no seriously (laughs) if you're feeling down about the holidays i really think this is a good movie to go see because like even after she finds out he's dead and like her ghost boyfriend doesn't exist you know isn't around anymore Mm -hmm. she still like goes out and does good things and puts on this recital mm-hmm. for the homeless shelter and yeah. brings her parents together yeah. and, and all and it, so I, I, I really like that, that tries just, to make amends with her sister yeah yeah and that's but my question is now that she knows he's not an alive person is she gonna still see him cropping up in random places or is he yeah, done now yeah he was at the final that's thing after he had already told her you can't rely on Wait. him and it seemed like yeah he like, was there didn't you see him it seemed like he wasn't gonna be around anymore after that yeah but Sarah based on my reaction it's clear <laughs> I did not see him where was he wait just, just in the standing crowd standing in the crowd yeah no way at yeah. the final at oh. the very end it, it, like it's but a quick but he did make it seem like this is it for me yeah but then he was but in the crowd and I was like are you just gonna randomly crop up in places and be like yeah. remember me <laughs> I, you have my heart return to me yeah <laughs> yeah does emma thompson get oh. away with being yugoslavian i love emma thompson <laughs> just to put that out there she plays but, like wow. a really old school <laughs> yugoslavian woman with a heavy accent she's the comic relief yeah because she's crazy but is she racist for doing that oh the, in in the in the time we're living in 
That's uh, Maybe. that is a valid question. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal, though. Hell's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> she started writing this with her then husband in 2010. She wrote this. Yeah. What? I know. And, an, and another woman named Bryony Kimmings. But okay. she and Greg Wise, who were in another excellent movie, not Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, Sense and Sensibility. You have oh, to be in here for that. I think I heard an interview with her talking about this. Yeah, they met doing Sense and Sensibility. Yes, yes. I didn't realize that this was he the was, movie she um, was working on. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Okay. All right. Um, cool, cool, cool. They, they met doing Sense and Sensibility, and they've written some things together. They have since divorced or or they were like not officially married but were like common law married they shared children but they wrote this together and then she brought it to paul feig 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 i think it's feig i know his name but i don't know how to say it who did bridesmaids and who's done um the new ghostbusters and you can eat shit because it I wasn't a good movie. loved it. I don't care that it's an all women's Ghostbusters. It was not a good movie yes, outside was. of Chris Helmsworth. Yes, it was. Chris Hemsworth was great. You can't say his Chris name right. Chris Hemsworth and uh, is hilarious and is so is the whole movie. It's such a good movie. And Emma and I False. loved it. Well, that's fair. He's hysterical at it. Gut busting cool. funny. Cool. The white man's funny. Great. Oh. The hot white man. Oh, wow. He's so great. He makes the movie. You know what? Not a, all these awesome women who are hilarious. You know And sorry, it messes with your convention of Ghostbusters. This is a Me Too episode. They're making a new one because of it. You know what's great, Sarah? It's not just that you can gang up on me like always, <laughs> but now you have someone else to help yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're sharing a mind, but we have two mouths. <laughs> It's like you've stepped into my nightmare. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome to Laura's house. Two women on the same Snacks page telling ladies. me. Two women on the same page telling me all the ways I'm wrong. <laughs> the ladies who snack. Yeah. We'll feed you and then we'll break your heart. <laughs> yes. Anyway, could not agree with you less. <laughs> okay. So this is this is the movie that Emma Thompson has spent ten years writing. No, she sense of sensibility. Oh, was yes, the okay. was the movie that took that long? That's because right. she thought she was too old for That's it, the and then the I producers the were like, okay. "You still need to be in it because you wrote this and it's your baby." And she's like, "All right, fine." Yes, but no. Okay, it was an interview. With she Carrie apparently, Gross. oh, yeah. She apparently holds on to things for a while because, like, it's been nine years since she and so Greg started writing this movie. This movie took nine years because mm-hmm. apparently she loves George Michael and wanted to do a movie based on that song. So. so they like, you know, when when you introduce like a Hollywood script or whatever, it's mm-hmm. always like the I guess the way you introduce it is like, what if and right. then you introduce whatever. So this would have been like, <laughs> what, what if, if last Christmas was heart. literal? Yeah, what if? <laughs> what if? And it wasn't Christmas, a thinly veiled gay Somebody actually story. got someone's heart. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a ski trip with a lady who he meant to be a dude. If cr- you've ever seen the music video, they're, they're on a ski trip. <laughs> and he's singing to a woman, but it's very clear that he really meant a man. And what my what my script has the courage to postulate is, what if what she is? really did someone really did give her his heart? And then George Michael died on Christmas Day of a heart attack. He did? 
Yes. I didn't. I knew he died. I didn't know he died on Christmas Day of a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, can we though talk about? How do you guys not know any of this? No. <laughs> We're not going on Jeopardy. <laughs> but but come on. I mean, I, Emma took it really hard. <laughs> She was four or five. She was five and found out on the way to my parents' house for Christmas. And I said, oh, no, George Michael died. And she said, who's that? And then got obsessed with him. And Last Christmas is her favorite Christmas song. Oh, my God. She loves it. So this really spoke to her. (laughs) Jesus, talk about burying the lead. (laughs) As we were driving there, you didn't tell me this could possibly be traumatic for your daughter. No, I mean, she really liked it. Oh, my goodness. And I did, as the movie was going on, I really didn't realize how many George Michael songs oh, yeah. I knew and loved. There's so many good ones. There really are. This, it, Pick it's... me up before you go. I love oh, that one yeah. so I, much. Can I ask you guys a question that just came to my head, though, as what? we're saying this? What? How good would this potentially be? What if? As a Broadway stage production. Ooh. Ooh. You could get some good numbers in there. Yeah, you could. Yeah. I... I think we just came up with a great idea. It's a Mamma Mia. <laughs> well, and because it is already built for spectacle to some extent, yeah. especially with the ending, yeah. the grand ending. And there are ending. really only three locations. There's the Christmas shop, four. The Christmas shop, the homeless shelter, uh, the park bench, and her mom's house. Those are like... You're right. It could f- work. Yeah. It could, could totally, totally do that. Wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Lin-Manuel, I'm looking at you. I would just want them to re... I would want them to retool <laughs> the ending a, a little bit. someone with a heart condition get a new heart on Christmas Day? And then she gets another ghost, you know? <laughs> we need to call him soon. I know. I mean, oh, oh, we when, have a connection. When she meets Tom, when she meets Tom, tell me how brilliant this would, would be as a musical number because it would be largely George Michael songs, but there'd have to be one or two originals. Yeah. When she meets Tom and they go through the, e- the evening together, the mm-hmm. song is called Look Up and it's a gospel number. Oh. Tell me how. And it would, With it, had Jennifer Hudson. And it would kind of start slow. <laughs> it would kind of start slow. And by the end, it would be Look Up. Oh. And then, you know, like a. Co- hey, yeah. A whole lot I of that. I really like this idea. <laughs> okay. This is great. Did either of you think and then it that falls into Santa, the character in yeah. the movie, mm-hmm. was going to be Henry Golding's? Mom. Mom again? Because she is crazy rich Asians. No. Oh. Did you? I think didn't that even that think about happen? that. I just I kept going. That's the mom from Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, I was like, oh, he, it's gonna be his mom again. But that would be. <laughs> and I was like, damn, she's typecast as his mom <laughs> again. <laughs> and then they're completely. I'm glad unrelated. that they weren't though. I'm oh, glad they uh, didn't. Yeah, that would have been. But really that bad. would be clever. I mean, that would be something that a rom com would do. Yeah. I love that her name was Santa yeah. though. It took me a while to figure that out. I kept thinking they were saying Santa, but I wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure. Yeah. And then she explained like why she picked the name mm-hmm. Santa, which is pretty Muffin hilarious. at the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. That made me really angry that we don't have a friend. I don't know anyone and never heard of anyone with the nickname Santa, but it sounds like it would be such a good nickname for someone yeah. to have. Yeah. You know, because it could apply in so many different ways. Like, especially, say, in college, it's the guy that always buys drinks at the bar. He's Santa. Mm. Uh, the person that does a lot of charity. He's Santa. Uh, the I don't first know. person to go completely gray. Santa. Santa. <laughs> the person with the, the thyroid issue, so he can't keep the weight off. Yeah. Santa. There you go. Do you think this could actually happen to somebody? Do you think that people could see 
you know, like, I guess I'm asking, do you believe in ghosts like this? Hmm, I don't know. Or do you believe in mind apparitions or something like that? I don't know. We've actually talked about ghosts a fair amount on <laughs> a romantic comedy podcast, I would say. <laughs> you have, I know. And uh, I don't mean to, to beat a dead horse, but I mean, this is sort of like something traumatic happens to you. Mm-hmm. And the only way she puts it together seemingly is that she has she finally lets her mind go back to what happened. I think she's mm-hmm. I think if you're I, I guess my understanding is that she had blocked it out. Yeah. She's like prepared to deal with the trauma right. of so what happened to her. The only way that she was able to finally accept it was that she saw this person in her mind. And then she w- and then she finally was like able to let her emotions like I also wonder not block it out and then she uh, she put it all together. I wonder also if they cast her because she has real life experience. She almost died. She had two brain aneurysms in I think 2011 and 2013. She almost died, and so I has I did not know a lot of you know information to pull from about you know traumatic medical conditions and moving on from them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she's from london i mean do do i believe in ghosts no not ghosts (laughs) (laughs) not really but do i think if you had a traumatic event like this that your mind would do some pretty extreme jumping through i feel like this is the type of story that you would hear about someone having happened to a friend of a friend like i feel like this is a story you would hear said but it would never be something you'd hear directly well i'm I'm skeptical number one organ donation is amazing and so great and luckily there's a good message coming out of this movie it's not like there's a scary ghost following you or something (laughs) Um, friendly ghost yeah brian's cousin died of a brain aneurysm when she was 19 and it was very unusual for someone that young to die in a way that all of her organs except her brain were able to be donated so she was able to save like six lives and enhance the lives of like 17 other people with all of her organ and tissue donation and her heart went to and she's a twin herself morgan and her heart went to a mom of twins. So Whoa. everyone in the Schmidt family is like, really like, this is awesome. That is you awesome. know, For sure. she has twins. She's a twin. And that connection, you know, was really important, obviously. And it's just like insane that a part of you can live on, too. It's like, well, why can't a spiritual part of you live on? I don't know. But it's, it's a pretty cool thing makes you feel better i mean yeah I, I guess i just take more of a practical yeah look to it but i hear what you're saying like you do hear all these interesting stories and weird mm-hmm. happenstances and like you said a twin going to a mother of twins and i just have a hard time wrapping i mean my head i don't around. really believe in like transcendental spirits and things like that but there's also lots of stuff can't be explained in a way not necessarily because it's some transcendental thing but perhaps because we're just not there yet scientifically i feel like i we are on the exact same page because i think i think i i I don't believe it or 
<laughs> or I read a study that said that most people when something, if they hear a weird sound in their house or something weird happens, they default to thinking that it's like a ghost or mm -hmm. something weird like that. When in fact, it can be explained by like, no, like it's your foundation or something like that. But right. at the same time, I also agree with you that we, there is a lot of there are a lot of things we don't know mm -hmm. about how our mind works, about right. how like the world, the world works, works, about yeah. how like the energy that we bring to the world. I mean, works. they're finding that they can bring pig brain cells back to life hours after death. Yeah, Shit so I mean, like that, that kind is of like, stuff is like what? then you That's... have to think maybe there is something beyond what can be explained right. at times, or what we understand at well, we this can point. Understand, yeah, for sure. So I'm whether not that's a ghost or whether that's happen, you know, I think your mind does weird <laughs> things, especially when traumatic I think things it happen. It could happen if you have a mental disorder, maybe. Yeah, you know? I think she or I think some sort of trauma where you're dealing yes, with a, an extremely tra traumatic, traumatic event. Experience. She could have a hallucination. Coupled you know. with the fact that I think her family life is really a difficult, difficult, yeah. right? Right. They're and broken. She maybe doesn't have the support that she needs to get through what mm -hmm. has happened to her. I love that Emma Thompson is complaining about how it, it was. Oh, maybe they said it in 2017 because of Brexit, because they were all talking about Brexit. I love that they brought the political <laughs> aspect. Yeah. I mean, because they're know, Yugoslavian refugees, right? And I know that everyone in England is so sick of hearing about it, oh, and yeah. I, it's probably like the impeachment here. Mm -hmm. But I just love Except seeing like that political side brought into, like yeah. the context yeah. brought into this movie. Yeah, I loved it. But I also really like. I like politics yeah. in general, but I just really like that they brought that in. Yeah. But that they also showed the side of like how she feels being an outsider. Yeah. And in I London. love that she feels like an outsider. She feels like they always point at us when something happens and they blame us. And then she turns and goes, I blame the polls. And it's just such a human thing to do. I turned to you during the movie. I was like, I do not agree with what this woman is saying. <laughs> Justin's very Polish. And it, but it's so but it's true. So, you turn like around and does. say, and now I think it's someone else. somebody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that is so, the, well, that, so human. What was even the line in Austin Powers? He was like, I hate two things. People are who are judgmental and the Dutch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or no, it's people who are uh, uh, intolerant or not tolerant of other people's cultures or something like that. Yeah. And the Dutch. And the Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have your prejudices mm -hmm. no matter how much you're being prejudiced against. Right, exactly. I thought that was so perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah. I don't know. She pulls it off maybe because she writes it too. It's, I think it's hard because we know Emma Thompson right. as many other characters. Right. So for her to God, play I that character her. is a little bit difficult, but yeah, She's I so wouldn't good. say that she didn't do it well. No, you yeah. Know, like, she I, definitely I pulled it off. I think she did it. But Absolutely. I... I, I you know, you asked earlier if that was racist. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I, I thought she did a pretty a pretty mm. great job of portraying somebody from that culture. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I mean, was and it stereotypical of that culture? I don't I guess I don't so know that culture well. Spot enough. on on all of the other stuff. They had so many characters of different races that they didn't blink an eye about introducing or being a part you know henry golding is asian her boss is asian mm -hmm. her best friend is indian and her husband is black um 
the other kid at the homeless shelter is something not white. You know, it was mm-hmm. just all of I these like characters without ever discussing the fact that they aren't white. Right. They're just completely integrated into for the sure. cast, which was really nice. Uh, her sister is gay. Her sister means that you have very exposed roots. Is that what that means? <laughs> yeah, like her hair was like. Oh, I thought that was on purpose. I know. Was it? I mean, yeah. No, I thought that she, like people do their hair like that now. I know, but she's a hot mess in the movie. But I was thinking. I interpreted it as like that means you're a hot mess. You can't uh, keep your roots like covered. Huh? <laughs> I just thought that was a hairstyle because <laughs> that's what people are doing lately. They that's are. That's what the Kardashians I, are doing. Yeah. It's it's not just showing your roots. It's not a direct line. It was like kind of like blurred in with like the dark bottom. I don't know. It was more well done. I think if mm. it had been more purposeful, it would have been more of a straight line. I thought it was a straight line. Really? Personally. Hmm. Well, shit. <laughs> and a leopard coat. You're a hot mess if you have a leopard coat and exposed roots. Yeah. Although Emma said, oh, I really like that coat. Uh, <laughs> I almost bought a couple years ago a coat for myself just like that. No, don't do that. No. You cannot. <laughs> I was walking with an ex-girlfriend through oh, God. like Forever 21 or something, like cutting through it through the mall to yeah. get this somewhere. And we walked through and cutting they had... Through forever 21 because it's faster that way well in this particular mall it was and we went through and i remember i stopped dead in my tracks because they had a gentleman's coat that was leopard print i mean it was a little fanciful and it was marked down from like 60 bucks to 10 and the Mm. only reason i didn't get one exactly and the only reason i didn't get one is there was not a size that fit me but you better believe we went back into that store twice for me to try the jackets on and see if i could make it 100% 100% no for you. No, 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 no. Laura, would you believe that your friend last year when we went shopping stopped me from buying a velvet blazer? Yep. She would not let me buy a velvet blazer. That is better than you having a leopard coat. Right. Why can't Fluffy. I have both? Why can't I have both? <laughs> He's very into texture. Oh, okay. Well, mm, leopard mm. coats on dudes are like pimp coats. Yeah. But, uh, but a, a velvet coat... <laughs> It's more lounge is, singer. You need to be a professor, maybe. I could be a professor. You don't know what I do. He, he's like I, more dressy velvet. You could, but you're not. Suede is professor. Oh, okay. Velvet's S- like Suede, Dean Martin. Suede with the uh, the arm patches is yes, professor, that's style. professor. Or Or corduroy with the arm patches. Right, 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 right. There was an episode of The Simpsons where Homer comes out wearing a, a, a leather jacket. Or is it it's leather with suede or suede with leather patches? Suede with leather patches. Then he comes out in a leather jacket with suede patches, and Marge goes, Homer, you ruined a perfectly good jacket. And he goes, wrong, I ruined two perfectly good jackets. He shows her he cut and the thing got the out, holes. and yeah. the back of it cut out. <laughs> but you know what? You, you guys are both married. I'm out there in the trenches, man. I got a peacock. I got a peacock somehow. Oh, God. Okay, that's, that's, that's an not a real way. thing. <laughs> yeah. Just be yourself, and right. you're, you're going to be fine. Myself and end up wearing, <laughs> wearing a leopard coat no, around no, that ain't work too good to 35 uh well uh, be yourself except without the leopard coat or the velvet blazer <laughs> yeah otherwise you're a good self <laughs> otherwise straight ahead mm, wonderful <laughs> if we're talking about casual seasonal wear mm-hmm. 
I her outfit elf in this jacket. Or I elf, would yeah. I would casually wear an elf jacket this time of year. I think it would bring smiles to people's faces. With, I would do with that. The skirt. There's a lid for every pot. <laughs> <laughs> I liked her outfit. I thought that was fun. Yeah, if she I, hated oh, it. Yeah, herself. for a Christmas store for sure. Yeah, I'm talking about Christmas yeah. me time of year. All right. Okay. I could get a I could get a Santa coat and he people could. could call me Santa. They could. But yes, back to the message. He gives her advice to get her on the right track, right? I guess so. I mean, did you she did you guys like so herself. while you were watching the movie? I guess so with with the hat on that I thought this was going to be a romantic comedy with with the relationship. I really was hoping for more, feeling like it almost got there and then it didn't get there. Yeah. And they had like the most adorable kiss yeah. right before she fell asleep in that bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, yeah, okay, now we're here. You know, finally, like like <laughs> two thirds through the movie, we're mm-hmm. here. And I really loved it. And then um and then they and then they started like introducing the guy from the homeless shelter and then i started feeling like something is up like Mm -hmm. this guy is either they're either trying to throw us off or something is not going to happen between these two main characters Mm -hmm. and so i guess that that is where i started to get a little disappointed because i was like what is going on Mm. and that's where i started feeling maybe you don't get the comedy Yeah. yeah so you really don't get the romance and um that pl- coupled with the fact that he was doing like the very like oh i'm a free spirit twirly dot stuff yeah. throughout in like, the beginning i was like that? what is this dude why are you this clicking so your heels weird. together and also stop following him down dark alleys even oh and she even called that out which i kind of loved because yes. i was like okay in this in this day and age you know people are going to be like why are you following that guy down right. a dark alley <laughs> And so she says, has anyone to ever told you you have serial killer vibes? And he says, well, no. Well, not more than once. <laughs> like, the other so day good. I got into an elevator with a bunch of people I didn't know, like mm-hmm. going to that concert. And the one guy turns to me and goes, hey, you're not a serial killer, right? And I go, not that you're aware of. <laughs> and dead silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're out there, man. There's more of them than you think there are. They're apparently. among us. Don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Yawn and see if they yawn. They just caught a Dexter guy, right? Did they? Did you see that in the news? There's a guy who was like definitely a Dexter. <gasps> Ooh, I don't I mind mean, that actually, if he's like, killing bad a, people. Yeah, not a Dexter in the sense that he was killing bad people, but in the sense that he was killing a lot of people. Oh, shit. <laughs> they find his dumping ground or something? I forget. I don't think I read the whole story. Well, but switching into true crime. You know, do you guys like, uh, you get those pocket articles and you're like, holy yeah. shit, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was a guy who was killing prostitutes, or sorry, sex workers around the like Southeast Ohio area. And this one woman fought him and ended up killing him. What? And they found that he had, like, they're connecting him to all these crimes even across the country now. Whoa. Because he was killing sex workers who had no agency. And she fought him. And, like, he was meeting them in their homes and then killing them. And taking advantage of, like, the meth addicts and all. Kind of a pattern. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, (laughs) <laughs> so anyway, he doesn't kill her because he's already dead. Right. Where do they get those um, ice skates? 
Where the hell do they come from? Oh my god, good question. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, well, he's like, they only needed one pair because he's not real, right? But he's lacing up some nice fake skates. Yeah, I mean, they really. <laughs> I feel like they really did cover a lot of the holes. Mm, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm, I think back, and I'm like, it's pretty tight for being a fantastical I mean, story. It is. Yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. that's not to say I love it. But right. they, I think they did cover their tracks pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I liked the message. But I don't think it was a specifically Christmas message. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Does it need to be at Christmas time? Other than the song, the song fits well. But Yeah, the song is more of the jumping off point. Yeah. To it. Mm-hmm. The it Christmas is more incidental. Yeah. Because that story I mean, could be told is, of any course, time of, of year. a good time to do good deeds, to find yourself, to start new because the New Year's around the corner. But... You don't right. need a new beginning to do those things. You can you can have your new beginning anytime you want to have your new beginning. Right. So anytime a ghost pops in your anytime life. Anytime a ghost is in your life, get your <laughs> shit together. It's all those lights. They're just inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying because it's it very easily could have been her singing any type of song outside to raise money for the year-round homeless shelter that mm-hmm. has a summer review, right. getting together with her family. I guess... I guess you get together more with them at the holidays. At the the end, they had kind of a Christmas dinner that got together. But again, Mm -hmm. you could make that any number of times a year where there's a reason that Mm -hmm. you would get around people. Like her sister's promotion. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's... I guess, was it a Christmas movie then, I guess? Not specifically. Yeah. It didn't have to be. It 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 well. It, it didn't have to be for it, in but the it didn't same have way that a lot of Christmas movies don't have to be. Yeah, you're like, right. Like it's it's not always. It's Love just actually kind of, doesn't have to be a Christmas movie. You're right. I mean, uh, you know, even It's a Wonderful Life a doesn't necessarily have to be a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. But they're set during Christmas. It's a magical Die time. Die Hard. I love that movie so much. I will say the one thing I didn't like about this movie, and this is a personal thing, is that she was 26 in it and mm-hmm. talking about how like she needs to figure her life out and get her <laughs> shit together and is like giving up on her dream of singing at 26. Like, Hoping to join the 27 Club. That's pretty early, though, to give yeah. up on like a dream. And like 26, I don't know. I was a train wreck at 26. I'm a train wreck at 35. Like, yeah. like don't make this girl feel bad. She's not doing, she's not doing great, but she's right. not like... I guess she was technically homeless for a large portion of the movie mm-hmm. due to her bad choices, but still. I mean, <laughs> let's age her up. Give me at least 30, and then I'm like, okay, I'm on board with her giving up on her dream. Because Santa got way behind her giving up on the dream, too, real like right away. Well, if she has been, let's say she went to college. I don't know if she did. But if she went to college, she graduated at probably 22. She had, what, two years before then she had this heart thing. Or maybe three years of trying and auditioning and doing whatever she was doing. And then recovering from this heart thing. And now out in the world again. And it's like she's no better than where she was before. And is just feeling lost. And her sister is a high achieving attorney who has a really nice house. And has like got her shit together. And she's here stumbling around homeless being late to auditions and blowing her life up yeah i think uh, maybe it's less about age in the in the movie when she said that she thought that she should feel really lucky for being alive and Mm -hmm. you know you think anybody who had a heart transplant should Mm -hmm. feel lucky for being alive and she confessed that she didn't feel very lucky for being alive because she didn't feel like herself anymore you know yeah 
lost her mojo. She, she sort of lost her way. I like that too that they had her say that she didn't feel lucky because normally, again, like you're saying, most people think, "Oh, you feel de-. like no." Open that up and show like. Yeah, everybody like can feel real shitty. Everybody, it's all again. It goes down to how you want to view the world and what you can do to change your own reality around you. And but how I you think see the it. hardest part then is you feel shitty and then you feel guilty for feeling yeah, shitty, and that's the that. worst. I love that they put that in there. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's so true. I mean, yeah, I, She's like, what do not, I have to complain about compared to other people? Know what it's like to have a heart yeah. transplant. So right. it was an interesting way to portray that mm-hmm. i guess i don't know yeah you know and yeah. then and then they had the moment where he kind of touches the scar mm-hmm. which again is another point where you're like this is weird mm-hmm. but then when everything is revealed you're like okay that's that wasn't why he so was weird. so interested right in he was yeah. so interested right and he was decidedly asexual throughout most of this like mm-hmm. he seemed interested in her but i guess it makes sense that he was never really physically interested yeah. in her beyond like touching that scar which didn't feel like a sexy move it was like a curious right. you know he was much more connected to her emotionally it seems like yeah than physically yeah. because he's a ghost <laughs> okay that's another thing that i wondered um you know i really one of my pet peeves is uh in movies when they they have like like the penultimate argument where they go and they're in this movie they're sitting on that park bench and he says i have something to tell you and then she never lets him tell exactly her. drives me she so never fucking lets him finish. crazy so, he, she, so she said so he says like i have something to tell you you can't rely on me but then she never lets him finish yeah. she assumes what he's going to say right and then walks and that off. makes me so angry i'm I like know. and they I do it all the time was like what was he gonna say like i'm a ghost you know how you have a heart it's mine. And 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 maybe maybe she already knew the answer based on the rest of the movie, yeah. but I was so she was pissed avoiding in that it. moment. I was like, yeah. let, let him, him say talk. what he came here to say. I yeah. hate. I hate because in real life, I think if I was in that situation, at least for me, I would be like, please God, tell me what you have to say to Although, me. Although plenty of people, Justin perhaps would do whatever they could to avoid hearing someone say something negative. And so you might as well cut them off and leave before they can say what they want to Wait, am I notorious to. for like running out of things like that? No, but you don't want you sometimes to hear something if you know it's going to be bad news. Yeah, that's fair. And I do think that she, pre- and that's kind of been her situation where she thought, she thinks like if the I worst get to jump herself, on this. And she assumes that, like, oh, I'm unlovable, mm-hmm. you know, like, he doesn't want to commit to me because I'm, right. like, a hot mess and, like, right. whatever my life isn't in I'm going to break up with you before you can break yeah, up so with me. Yeah, so she's like, I'm going to get a jump on this. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's just that every once in a while you get a friend that says something. It's like, ah, oh, shit, they do now. This is so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but don't you think for real, if you were in that for real situation, you would want to hear somebody tell you to your face, I cannot 
be real. But if he was saying, you can't rely on me, what are you going to say after that? I would want to know. I would say, like, why can't I rely on yeah. you? Because you What's seem deal, like man? a person that I need in my life. Right. Like, I've been relying on you a lot and it's worked right. out for me. I don't understand. <laughs> like, somebody like that, I'd be like, I need to hear what you have to say about why I can't rely on you. You seem like a wonderful person. I need you. Right. I can can't say be that vulnerable, though. At age 26, I can confidently say... I'd be like, okay, cool. No, I'm hurt enough. I'm going to go now. At age 35 now, yeah, I could remove the, you know, that that emotional aspect, that hurt, vulnerable side. And yes, I would go like, okay, no, I want to know. Let's talk about this. But when I was younger, absolutely, I, I probably would have just gotten the fuck out of there. Yeah. I mean, I know enough about that age-wise. But now, now I absolutely would be like, okay, that's cool. Like, let's get into this then. Give me, give me that explanation that yeah. seems important to you. And also it's a respect thing to some extent. If someone wants to tell you something, like listen through it. But again, that's an, that's just me. Yes. You guys maybe were more mature at a younger age. At a younger age, I would have. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. I do think when I was younger, not 26, but when I was younger, I mean, in the 18 to 21 range, mm-hmm. I was like, I will hurt you first. Mm-hmm. If you're about to hurt me, yeah. I will hurt you first. Don't even yeah absolutely i was there i yeah. was there and it and it and it and it made me a horrible person it made and, and i have some fun. regrets about that well, i really do but in the in the moment i was like if i can see what's coming i will make sure that you don't hurt me first yeah then what then what changed for you was it just that you got older or was there like did yeah. you have to have a coming to god kind of moment no i think what happens is you hurt yourself like you realize you don't the negative actually, of you're, that. In hurting other people, you're hurting yourself too. And, and so then you have two people who are hurt instead of one person who's hurt, which is you. So and you don't ever learn anything about yourself. You um, yeah. yeah. And and so it's, you know, it's... Age and experience. You're young. Yeah. I mean, that's what I thought was the right decision at the time. And it's a terrible decision, but those are the thing, those are the lessons you learn. But, you know, when I was younger, that was definitely the the mentality that I had was like... Okay, I see this coming. I think that mm-hmm. you're gonna hurt me. Well, then, no, 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 no. Like, I'm gonna be the person to hurt you. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, so you're you're making a good point. I guess. I mean, it, maybe that's where she was at 26 and kind of yeah. confused and in a really bad place. And in a weird yeah. park that didn't seem all that idyllic at all. Well, and then the rest of the movie, she is just full of piss and vinegar. So, like you're saying, probably with <laughs> the character probably would have taken that attitude. I still think she should have just heard him out, though. Right. That yeah. really drives me nuts. Because even if he didn't say, I'm a ghost, <laughs> like, what would he have said? I'm a ghost. I don't have a physical presence. You can't rely on me. Why? I'm a ghost. <laughs> no trust falls here. I yeah. need more time, Jacob. <laughs> I need more time. Uh, yes. So, Amelia Clark apparently did all her singing herself in this. I was curious about that. Yeah. She's a fabulous singer. Yeah. I like her eyebrows. Funny you should mention that, Sarah. Let's have a talk about something Justin thought last night while he was at the bar. Eyebrows? Was one of those beers for me? Oh, is, yeah. Well, you put you put like both beer. You, Laura has brought it's two. One of those beers Laura, for me. Laura has brought two beers what into the recording area. What do you have in that area, bag, Santa? But each of the beers she brought in, she placed very far from me, <laughs> as though she was taunting me. I have all the beers. Last time I was on the show, I couldn't drink at all. Oh, I yeah, want yeah. some more. Laura, Sarah was talking one time about you. Mostly bad, but uh, <laughs> she brought up how you used to drink. Was it tequila? Tequila. Yeah. yeah. No, I couldn't drink tequila. I, I just, know. I just did sometimes. And then what happened? 
Well, and that's why I was saying uh, maybe not the, one of the times we have you record, maybe not this time, but next time we are doing at least a couple shots of tequila during recording. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> at least you're and home. Yeah. <laughs> you won't lose all your stuff along the way. Or if she comes to Columbus <laughs> to visit you ever for like a fun night, we could yeah. start the night off with a, a podcast a recording. recording. Yeah. So what my I birthday. Was, oh, that would actually be really fun. <laughs> yeah. Come for my birthday. That would be fun. Uh, but what I was going to say prior to you disappearing into the basement to get beers and almost not give me one was that Sarah mentioned <laughs> Amelia um, Earhart's eyebrows, yes. Amelia Clark's uh, eyebrows. And we call them Bermuda Triangles. And uh, I love very emotive eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Like you literally just raised one side and then the she other. Mm-hmm. And as I was at the she bar, as I, as I was at the bar last night, I was talking to... Uh, another Laura, mm-hmm. and there was a mirror. Mm. So right you could watch me, yourself. Right <laughs> oh no! The following <laughs> series of sentences will not surprise <laughs> you whatsoever. And as I was watching myself in the mirror talking to Laura, uh-huh. I was—it's kind of you can't stop looking. Well, I was very—forget <laughs> there. Uh, I was—I was drunk enough that I was looking at myself, and I'm talking to Laura, and I'm listening, catching a look at myself in the mirror, and I go. Man, you are handsome. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. my god, with your velvet blazer on. Uh, no, last night was a, he had on a his red burgundy sweater. sweater. Yeah. But as I was doing that, then I like kind of raised an eyebrow for a second. I'm like, ooh, okay, you need to work on this emotive eyebrow game. And I thought back to this movie mm-hmm. and how good she was. And I have since been looking up exercises to be able to move my eyebrows oh. better. Haven't quite found one yet, but I want to. I, I since this movie and last night have really been looking into <laughs> how to work in see i kind of thought that was what, uh, something you could do or you couldn't do well i don't want that hmm. answer. that's not the answer i'm seeking <laughs> i i don't know that you bring that up i guess maybe you could do exercises I mean, I was kind of like to... when you could isolate your body in certain parts yeah. but like i was listening to lin-manuel it was on conan o'brien's podcast and somebody one of them was telling the other about how they looked in the mirror and practiced like the, um, I can't even do it, the Elvis lip mm-hmm. and would like put their lip in that position until they could keep it there without having their, like literally pushing their lip in that position with their finger and then figuring out which muscles moved it and doing that until he could do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was like pulling a string. He could like pull his lip up like that. I, and, and that's what I desperately want to learn. However, typing in eyebrow exercises and variations of that largely brings up things regarding how to get rid of wrinkles. However, there was one mm. that came up on the Daily Beast. The raised eyebrow is the lazy writer's favorite cliche. I figured <laughs> no. you guys would like that. Hmm. I do have a friend who taught herself how to move only the tops of her fingers. No. Mm-hmm. So My mom okay. can do that. Okay, so Sarah can kind of... A little bit. Like, yeah. Can only move this part and can actually wave it wow which friend is this melissa lobon i love marissa her. marissa good guy melissa she's the best yes she really is i when you said that i was like i bet it's melissa <laughs> i don't know why it seemed like so something she, can, she would do she says she taught herself in math class oh yeah you know, that's really how i learned so to fiddle around somehow so math. i guess she oh. was just too good at math Whereas I was struggling to understand, <laughs> she was trying to do this. That's really funny. So, yeah. Mm. I, you know, I, I have faith that you can move your eyebrows that way then. Well, like I said, looking in the mirrors I was talking to her, I realized 
uh, I think that could really bring people into a conversation. Like if you're better able to like they say something interesting and you kind of raise one eyebrow a little bit or like. Because I do try to like, oh wow, like that's, but it's not, wow. as, it's not as, it's not as explosive as wow. I want. Yeah. That's a really hilarious point that you bring up, though, because I do remember thinking throughout the movie, like her eyebrows really do move a lot, mm-hmm. and not, not, not that it was like a bad thing, but like they really do, like especially in the scene where they were together in his apartment, quote unquote apartment, you know, after right. you know, whatever, but. Um, and she's looking at him and, you know, singing and whatever. But you can see her eyebrows move a lot. Like, mm-hmm. she has expressive eyebrows, I guess. So, yeah, good point you brought up there. Well, and she's also got, I feel like she doesn't have Eugene Levy, like, caterpillars. But she's mm-hmm. got a much more, like, I feel like a lot of women nowadays, the styles have, like, a much thinner kind of, like. You a, would be wrong. Man, fuck. Can I be right about something? <laughs> okay, it, it was. Okay, it, it was. was. It was. But it's actually trending. It's trending it's now to have eyebrows. a thicker eyebrow. So you're not wrong. Like, I think you're just not to. It's... Do you see how a friend, a friend handles telling me I'm wrong? Do you <laughs> see one the, way. Do you see the genteel way in which she built me up? <laughs> She's I good think, at that. I think if you if you're not if you're not the person who pays attention to the things that are happening like right now in fashion you would not know that you are correct it used to be a very thin eyebrow it and then like it's the it's the cyclical thing of like yeah. you know back like then Brooke it was Shields. like a very bushy eyebrow and popular. now it's sort of coming back now so i i would argue it's been coming back for a few years yeah well yeah but i mean yeah. It's a it's a person who's very trendy who would very have very like I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it and not that I could <laughs> but I'm not going to do I've it. I've got plenty I'm of eyebrow, <laughs> plenty of eyebrow for all of yeah, us. Yes, so I mean it's a person who can do it and who also is a little bit trendy because at this point if if I just like randomly had like the bushiest eyebrow ever you'd be like that doesn't match like what's going on with your, <laughs> with what you're wearing. You know, it, it would have to be somebody who you look at as like a fashion forward person to have like all of that going on at this time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in a few years, it'd be like widely acceptable that you'd have a bushy eyebrow and maybe like dress, I don't know, like sort of fashionably. But yeah, hmm. I think you would have to have the whole thing going on, right? I don't no? really agree with you, okay, but that's right. okay. I mean, I don't that's know. where we disagree. <laughs> <laughs> You've never once disagreed with me that politely. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh well. I mean, if you, I, I guess you're right. Like, if you randomly showed up and you had like the bushiest eyebrows, but they were like, uh, here's the thing: they they can be bushy, but they also have to be like a trimmed bushy. Like, you can't just be like, hi, I'm showing up with bushy eyebrows yeah. and it's because Frida I have no Kahlo idea what's going style. on and I don't know how to trim my eyebrows. It's like, they're bushy. It's, 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 it's what uh, Joe PC calls sprezzatura. <laughs> <laughs> it is oh my the, God. It this is, is the guy who always talks about buildings. It's the purposeful mess. Yeah. So, you are purposefully looking like a mess. Hmm. That's not and it, exactly no, it's what not I was you. thinking. No. No, 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 no. It's not the same. It's more like Donahoe in his hair. Right. So it's yeah. like the very perfectly messy, like, yeah. um, 
Jude oh, Law. Jude, Jude Law, um, who's uh, the, oh my gosh, the brothers, um, you know, Wilson, the Wilson brothers. So, um, Owen. Owen Wilson with his like very messy hair, but also like he's like very, you know, like it's mm-hmm. it's messy, but it's not like so messy. It's intentional. It's, like, it's intentional messy. That's yeah. what Sprezzatura is. Mm-hmm. So that would be like, it's an intentional, thick, messy eyebrow. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not at all. Don't even think that it's somebody who has let their eyebrows grow. It's somebody who has just trimmed them in a yeah. different way. Like if you have a little tiny bit of stubble, but it's all manicured. It's all manicured. It's very intentional. Yeah. It's a very intentional mess. But I would argue that I'm, I think we're arguing slightly different things. Because when I was a freshman in high school, I plucked my eyebrows into thin lines that were very small. And... As I've gotten older, I've let them have more and more space. Okay. And, you know, grow in more. And now it's more popular to have you're not right. necessarily right. a thick brow, different. but a natural brow. No, you're right. It's it's different. You're right. That's and a that, good point. I don't think, is a... It's it's not intentional messy. You're right. That's, that's more just, of just that's like, just that's how people accept eyebrows now. No, you're right. You're right. That's a good point. Yes. <laughs> Who knew yes. we would talk so I agree, much yeah. about yeah. Eyebrows. Yeah, here we go. Eyebrows. No, while I was seeing this movie, I was honestly figuring there would probably be a 10 minute discussion about eyebrows. <laughs> uh, I think the last time Laura was on, there's probably yeah. a 10 to 15 minute discussion yeah. about hair. So yeah. This is the hair. discussion about highlights that we had oh, yeah. the last time. Yeah. And the curly the eyebrows hair and the, and the straightened yeah. hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she does have great eyebrows and uses them well. So do we... Henry Golding. I love him. I know. He's great. I love him as a male lead. Do you guys mm-hmm. really like him? I this really do. This is only do. his second male leading role. I really like he him. He was a TV personality in Malaysia. Really? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. He is so adorable. I know. I like him. Even with his weird turns in the movie. <laughs> Spinning <laughs> Being around. Being like kind of flighty like that Being in the weird. beginning. <laughs> yeah. I was still like, God, you're adorable. Okay, yeah. actual talk. Because I really did like the spinny moves. And that seemed to me like something a woman would be into. So I Don't should. Do God damn it. Are all my instincts just naturally wrong? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the, the message of this movie is be yourself. And if that's you, there's a lid for every pot. And there's somebody out there who yeah. would really like that and think that's adorable but like mm-hmm. no i mean personally no but yeah no, I he, like I, I still think he's a very, a very cute person <laughs> right. so i'm walking down the street with a, a, a wonderful lady on a date and we're having a great time and all of a sudden i see a lamppost no <laughs> you just keep walking <laughs> leave it alone don't touch it <laughs> but what if i think i really can nail like a spin off of it no? no, no go, son of a bitch. It's not a musical. I will nail you to my dick. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Dick, what? then my neighbor? How is that? It means e- penis? I love that back and forth. That was funny. <laughs> but what, as an insult goes, or like a threat, that hurts Ouch. both parties. Yeah. Neither party comes out ahead in that insult. Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. and the funny thing is, is because, um, it, so you have, you have like Sicilian relatives that spoke Italian. Mm-hmm. I had Polish relatives that spoke Polish. Um, I assume that you have relatives that speak some sort of other language at some, either way, 
I know I grew up being told things in Polish that I should not repeat. Like what? Well, mm. not, uh, not really bad. Like he would curse at me occasionally and my dad would yell at him. And then occasionally he'd tell me. Hold on, like examples. Oh, no, I was too young to remember. I just remember him saying something I could barely understand. Who's him? Oh, my grandpa. Sorry, okay. my grandpa would yell at me and dad would be like, don't tell him that. And then the only one I remember, and I don't remember how to say it, but he would tell me to uh, spit in the air and catch it. And he told me that that was a saying in Poland, which I've never verified, but I huh. choose to believe is. Okay. But I felt like that part was actually pretty real where it's like, uh, you know, a uh, uh, parent that speaks, you know, uh, uh, is a, a different tongue. Like, you know, English is their second language. Mm-hmm. Of course, you'd pick up a bunch of curse words from them and, and bad sayings and things like that. I liked that a lot. I thought it was a neat little touch. I did. Yeah. And I, I love that she actually kind of got it wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was so wrong. Like, it was, well, not so wrong, but it was, like, just so close and then, like, just wrong enough that it was so weird mm-hmm. like i will nail you to my dick but i actually love it like if i was gonna say that to somebody i'd be like i think that's hilarious yeah <laughs> i like that a lot yeah very real moment my friend She's like you know that means i will nail you to my dick <laughs> well the dad said that right and then she's like dick I thought it meant nail oh. you to my penis. Yeah, come on. Like, everyone everyone ever has been like, why would you ever call anyone Dick as a nickname for <laughs> Richard, right? <laughs> and then in the movie, they're finally like, oh, that's our neighbor, Dick. Like, yeah. Like, but then it's a, it's well, that a was penis, first. but it's also a dick. The yeah, name was well, first. Well, sure, yeah. but like, you know, it's sort yeah. of like you're in your mind, you're always like, oh, God, why would you ever call anyone Dick? <laughs> our our friend moved here from germany in fourth grade and then taught everyone all the german swear words it was fun my boss is from brazil Mm. there's so many good sayings in brazil and i i can't think of any right now but she's always like in brazil we have this saying that means this (laughs) and i'm always like why don't we have that in america because it's hilarious although we have a lot of weird sayings like we do remember when Turkey Tom would always say, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Oh, for sure. And you were like, what the fuck does that mean? There are entire classes on idioms for yeah. foreigners. Because yeah. think of like raining cats so and dogs. Many. Who would know what that yeah. means? It's so weird. Yeah. All right. So at least we've gone through the bits of the movie that we remember. Because yeah. again, when you're sitting in a movie theater uh, full of teenagers, awkward, awkwardly sitting next to you, most likely giving or getting hand jobs, you no. don't want to write things down. There was, a a very real cha- there was a real chance that that could have happened. Could have happened. Whoa. There's a very real chance that that could have happened. Yeah, and I, I didn't want to look <laughs> to my left to make sure it wasn't there. happening. Oh, God. Well, then let's just dive into those. Some of the tropes are favorite. The meat cute. I like the meat cute. Yeah. Yeah. She just sees him Love standing the out cute. there. Love the meat cute. Yeah. Even if it's fake. From moment one it kind of played to the movie's whole message of like how you want to perceive their world around mm-hmm, you. It's him yeah. looking up, it's noticing things. And then even mm-hmm. walking down the street, she's going, you know, he takes her kind of around eventually. And mm-hmm. well, he, he, she's looking. Although everyone who looks up in London is a tourist. That's right how you bat, know. Though, right off the bat, you know that he's there to get her to think more positively because look up is. Think different. Is, yeah. Is a message a message of positivity it's yeah like, look up look you know like look stop around. Looking, you know looking look down around, is like look around perceived as negative Lin-Manuel so well could write that song as like <laughs> that not not a gospel but even like a you know history is happening and it happened <laughs> just a, kind of a very like jazzy 
Yeah, love it, Jazzy. But yeah, so she's he's outside. He's looking up. Mm-hmm. She sees him while she's dusting. She walks out. Do we ever find out exactly what he's looking at? Yeah, the presume. Oh, he's the just bird. oh, it's the oh, falcon. Yeah, there's a ha- it's yeah. like a peregrine yeah, falcon. Yeah, yeah. A hawk or I think. Yeah. yeah, and then it poops right on her face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was that was a decent meet cue. Yeah, we actually do get two meet cutes in this movie where. Tell me more. Where Santa meets the sauerkraut guy. Yeah, they don't even ever give him a name. They call him the Dane. Yeah. And then in parentheses, boy. But that let me but <laughs> let me interject when when that happened in the movie, it gave me a really cool idea for something that could happen in another oh. rom com. And tell me if this doesn't sound like kind of a neat idea. Okay. If the main character in the rom com are watching mm-hmm. it, it, in front of them other portions of a rom-com are occasionally happening. So like in this, she saw someone else's meet cute. Like if that happened, and then I thought this was going to be like another romance, like a rom-com going on in front Mm. of her throughout the movie. So we'd see like the meet cute. We'd see like a grand gesture later on. We'd see, so it'd be a rom-com within a rom-com. I don't know. That jumped to my mind, but so we got two meet cutes in this. I really, I really like the meet cute where she comes in and she's showing all the weird shit. Like, would you like to have this this gibbon? Christmas gibbon. (laughs) Apparently in real life, those are called Yule gibbons. You could say there are three meat cute meat cutes though, because what else I do mean, we have? if you think about the guy who is real in real life in her life, who is at the homeless shelter, homeless shelter who I they introduce. Do we think that he's going to be anything though? I do because I, do? in my mind, I was like, "Why is this guy in her life? What is the deal?" I and think he, he keeps was just like he's very her interested in, reality. in her. Hmm. Yeah, but he's like he's clearly like romantically interested in her. I feel you think like. so? I do. I really do. That's hmm. from watching a lot of Hallmark movies. I'm gonna hmm. actually kind of take Laura's side on this. I thought there was gonna be a moment before he learned he was a ghost. I thought there was gonna be a moment of like a jealous coming together of uh, minds. Hmm. I guess so I didn't speak. give that. No, I'm, on, guy I'm much on your. I'm on your side credence. too. He was like the friend that was listening to what was going on and watching, but was smart enough to kind of like hang back and wait for his time. Be like. Yeah. Where yeah, he was asking about guy? the other guy, and you're mm-hmm. like, why is this guy introduced? It's kind of weird, mm-hmm. and like he's clearly Katamina. like, every time she comes to the homeless shelter, he is, like, he looks obviously interested in, yeah. you know, like, whatever, so I was sort of like, And the other guy is so gruff. I'm annoyed. I want her to be with the other guy. Mm-hmm. And we and get then... a diverse cast, also the guy in the wheelchair, so many of the people auditioning the homeless people were in some way had a disability yes. or something, which loved is it. unfortunately very true of yes, it, homeless it, communities well, it was in general. Like, that's why I loved it. Yeah. I mean, be like, loved it. And but, then her yeah. doctor, when they have the doctor's appointment, she is a trans woman. I was reading on IMDb. Just again, great job not focusing on so anything good. and just so giving everybody lots of different people who can do things very much yeah great yeah that doctor's appointment was great oh my god she's so clearly <laughs> exasperated with both of them but yeah we just commented that on family stone and granted that was from like 2006 but just this idea of representation but mm-hmm. not not without not centering yeah. on it that it's just a thing maybe that's everything's there. possible at christmas maybe everything is possible <laughs> at Christmas. maybe we're not changing bad. for the better yeah. which then gets to we've got the meet cute We've got the location is London. Yeah. Again, like, how did you feel about that? Because I really didn't feel like it needed to be there. It could have, like, I I loved that it was it there, but been I didn't, I felt anywhere. like it could have been anywhere. But I like that it was London because it was written by a British person. It, I'll disagree. I think it And ne- George Michael is British. It, 
I think it maybe not London, but I think it had to be a big city because there was just the whole scene, the, all the scenes of him taking her out mm-hmm. and kind of showing her if she just like yeah, open herself up to possibilities. It could be New York, yeah. but I think it needed to be set in Britain because of who wrote it and because of George Michael. No, but... you know what? I am gonna argue. I, I am gonna argue. I think you change. You put this in another city. Like Sarah's saying, if it's not London, then all of a sudden you're, say you're in Chicago, New York, it does have a completely different feel to it. Mm-hmm. it. It becomes a different movie, I would I would say. But at least it 100% and has to be a big it was city. set in London because it has this Brexit thing, too, going oh, on. Oh, yeah, I love that. So. And that was a part of the movie that couldn't really be anywhere else. You're right, but I think nationalism... Is happening everywhere. Oh, for sure. So, but if it was nowhere, has it really Brexit. punched a lot of, you know, political asylum refugees in the gut than in England? I, I, I agree with that. It's yeah. like, ooh. yeah, for I mean, sure. You could and I, it in and Paris. I really did like that they put. There's a lot of shit going on in Paris right now. Yeah, but it would that, yeah. obviously be in a different language. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Yeah, and I think if you're telling the story of a young person out to make it in the world. She's usually not going to be in a rural town somewhere. Yeah. She'd probably be in a big city. Mm-hmm. You know. Did you recognize recognize scenes from London? Yeah, but they do a and... good job of staying in areas that aren't the big tourist areas because most people who live there don't hang out in those places. What did you think of their um the family house? I love that. I loved it. It's like, but like such is a that, funny little duplex. You... Oh yeah, there are all kinds of funny little places like that. Okay. In you know the outer I thought it was areas awesome. of London, yeah, it's so like, adorable. And the place next door is like covered in Christmas yeah. crap. Like, I know. Covered. It took me a second to realize that that like was not their, their side house. of it. Yeah, but that there was a side and, of it. And again, like, no one explains it. It's just I there. I loved that. Yeah. So, but fun. yeah, I thought it was a really good plate. Like it was a fitting. Yeah, for a know, cab driver and, and a you know family of refugees. Yeah. It was kitschy and kitschy strange. Is perfect. And, yeah. yeah. When oh, I did really like the when they went to the narrowest alley in London, mm-hmm. Bridges Alley, which is an actual site apparently. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I like that. I like that little you know there. little slices of places. He shows her that on their way, I think, to the skating rink, maybe. Mm, okay. And there are places like that in um, all over Edinburgh too. I can't, I think they call him. They call him hell do they call them but they're like funny little between building places and they have narrow steps and things a lot of times so you can get between these buildings without having to go all the way around the block mm-hmm. but they're so tight and they're so dark i mean i say this not to be funny isn't that called an alley not there <laughs> i can't think of what <laughs> i mean it's called. sarah i'm gonna be very honest with you right now pulling up a lot of uh British websites that are calling it it's not a narrow alley. It's not behind houses. It's between them. It's I would still call that an alley. I I mean I'm calling I'm gonna call it an alley. Well that's because you're American. You got me there. Yeah, okay. You got me. Close. I thought that's what it was. They're called closes. Oh. Yeah. So I like that name actually. Yeah, it's a a close. Close. Because they're very, very close together. Uh, the reason they can't be together slash conflict. <gasps> Say it together. He's, He's a, a ghost. ghost. <laughs> that and she's a mess. Yeah. 
she's a hot mess. Wait, like, which do you think is the it, better reason they well, can't be together? That I she's mean, such a big mess, or because he's a ghost? I well, think that bigger the, the I reason mean, that he's, he's ghost, even there is because a, yeah, she's a mess. She's a mess. But that's she's why he's mess. there. Yes, exactly. She's Not such a big mess. Big. She summoned a being out of nothingness, out of her own heart, <laughs> out of the void that is after this world. She's such a. I can out never. Out of her own. Now heart. I know I'm doing okay because I've never summoned a spirit with how bad I'm doing. Thank God. <laughs> just yeah. But honestly, just though, too If he was, if he was real, she's a mess. Yeah. And she's trying to be better, but she's a mess. Mm-hmm. You know. But that's but I would argue that's the reason they are in the predicament they're in. As that's a good question. As a guy, if I had a girl with this many red flags, Brian would have left the minute he laid eyes on her. Brian would have left the minute she walked out and said, "What are you looking up at?" Nothing goodbye. I mean, I did throughout the movie, and I I would like to hear what you guys think about this. But like throughout the movie, I was like, "Why is this guy interested in this girl?" Yeah. Because she is such a hot mess, yeah. and I mean, I don't mean to, I don't, She's a I don't mess. mean that. Like, I mean, how many? Am I gonna say this a fourth time? There's a lid for every pot, but like, <laughs> she is a mess, and I just, <laughs> I don't know, like, why you? Well, and she's not just a mess. She's like straight up a mean person. The beginning of this movie, yeah. like, she's just venomous. To well, very inconsiderate. Like she, she's just very, very self-centered, very inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to be with somebody lost who in her own self-pity? Clearly doesn't know. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you get that sense from the phone call or or the conversation with the her friend who's having conversation with the husband who's yeah. like. She's like, she's my oldest friend. I know she's self-centered, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Or I guess he says, like, she's self-centered. Holy whatever. shit. When she ruins that battle, that little ship <laughs> and sets him on fire. <laughs> so good. And then smashes his light that oh, he that had just, this lamp oh that he had God. just been putting together. But then when she goes back near the end of the movie, she makes amends to all these people. Like, the guy that she yeah. killed is fish. She gives him fish. But... She that brings... spoke to me because our fish just died. I was there. It was like a yeah. half hour issue yeah, but then it, but yeah. then for the ship she brings a ship in a bottle She's and like, it's, it's like a lot it's harder, harder for this to burn oh, at this, see but she changed <laughs> oh no but i'm and with that's a very christmasy as... thing yeah the yes. the recovery and redemption yes, you're right you're thing. right you're right you know yeah i like that obviously that ship that she bought is not the same as the ship that he <laughs> yeah that he built, built himself but it's <laughs> and a the light that she just like rolled up. over on <laughs> yep, that's it for me so good okay so the soundtrack the soundtrack was obviously so wonderful freaking good. and i don't know if you guys know it we got a song that had never been released before Really? Mm-hmm. No, really? It's a special one that he had been working on in 2016 before he died. Ooh. It's called This Is How We Want You To Get High, which he was working on in 2016. Well, that that is one thing that was great about this soundtrack with it being George Michael stuff. He just has like, well, quite a few songs. They'll get you dancing. But like when they started playing, I'm almost sure it was Faith for the montage. I turned to Sarah and was like, yeah, you knew they were saving mm-hmm. us. And that's the part I think where she's running around and gives like the fish to the guy and um, does the uh, um, help me out here, gives the the ship in the bottle to the other person. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the part when the songs really hit. I And I turned to Sarah too during the movie and said like, I did not realize how many George Michael songs, not only that I knew, but I really loved mm-hmm. it. Wham and all the others. So I, I would say 
for this movie almost more than any other movie we've done the soundtrack is in incredibly linked to the story oh like absolutely you, re- you remove this soundtrack again you're removing like the heart of the story you're, so, re- you're removing the name of the movie then the hint yeah. that mm-hmm. he gave her his heart so. Mm. so i guess maybe it did have to be at christmas then you know mm-hmm. because the song is mm-hmm. you know a big part of the movie yeah. so oh, you know you're right was it faith or freedom? It says a montage of the couple experiencing a rush of blissful freedom is set to the strains of freedom. Well, then, no, that's... That's different. That's them early in the movie, so we had two montages. Okay. Freedom is such a good song, mm-hmm. too. Oh, no, and, and as it was going, so I don't know how to play piano, but I love the idea of me playing piano, and I've had mm-hmm. a couple friends try to teach me little bits here and there. I know that Michelle Brandt song, the... Well, don't start with that. That's like... Trying to learn Ben Folds when you've never played before. <laughs> the other time someone tried teaching me how to play a song on piano, they started with a Ben Folds song. Jesus. He did. It was Joe. Start uh, with Twinkle Twinkle. No, I don't want that. I want to jump right in. Well, and, there's and, your problem. And so that... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has two pianos right now. That's why Joe, we, well. That's why we call him <laughs> Joey Pianos. Uh, but I have freedom. I love that piano. <laughs> I love... <laughs> I love that piano intro on it. That ding, 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 ding. I love it. Love it so much. I guess it would be nice. Okay, that's faith. Okay, what else do we got? Except I saw, I heard the Limp Bizkit version first and thought that that's the original for a while because I was that's, thirteen. That was a good song. That, that for a short period in our time, Limp Bizkit ruled the world. That's I it. Really Same did thing that. about last Christmas. Taylor Swift covered it, and a lot of people came to she it that did? way. Oh yeah, I did not and it's know good. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. sure it's good. I mean, They're Last Christmas is a great song. Carrie, friend of the show, Carrie Winfrey, uh, Last Christmas is her favorite song, and she has over 60 covers that she's made into a playlist. George Michael donated all of the proceeds from that song and all of the royalties to the Ethiopian famine relief. And so I don't know if they still get it to this day, but at least in August of 1984 and beyond, all of the royalties go to Ethiopian famine relief. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I feel like we also should have put a disclaimer up front. When we say George Michael in this episode, we are not talking about the Arrested Development character. (laughs) (laughs) George Michael Bluth. Side question, what is your favorite Christmas song? This is her favorite song in general. Wow, really? Just a Christmas song in general is her favorite song? Yeah. But what what is your favorite Christmas song? I have an answer. For yourself? I do. I have an answer for me. Okay. I'll jump around. But the first Christmas song, no, I mean, I'll jump around in ones that I really jump like, around. but the Christmas song that for whatever reason really stuck with me and has, is the only Christmas song that has brought me like misty eyed. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? It is actually a song called Christmas Song by one Mr. Dave Matthews. Oh God. No. I'm telling you, you know, I love it. It starts out, it, uh, yeah. she was his girl. He was her boyfriend. She'd be his wife and make her her husband. A surprise on the way, any day, any day. I think it's a lovely song. It's beautiful, both acoustic and full band. So go right ahead, Sarah. What answer do you expect? I don't like Dave Matthews Band. Other Sarah, than what's Satellite. your favorite Christmas song? Satellite's a good one. Um, I loved Silver Bells when I was a kid. That was like my jam. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I've gotten like I have a, a song of piano song or book for, of old like traditional religious piano songs, and some of them are so beautiful like well the first noel is really great it came upon a midnight clear there's another what were we talking about the ones that are minor key oh come oh come emmanuel is one we were talking about that's minor key too 
Uh, we Three Kings. What child is this? Yeah, it may be We Three Kings, which as a kid, I just always sang We Three Kings of Ori and R. We all smoked rubber cigar. It was loaded, it exploded. We Three Kings. You don't know that one? No. <laughs> yeah. I went to a private school. Yeah, still. That's a perfect. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> you I, would know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a religious song. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, but like the whole idea, like Star of Wonder, Star of Light, Star of the World, Beauty. But I just like have was able to find a lot of the beauty in those old songs of like the real Christ story. Not that I'm particularly Christian, but like it just like really got me like this is the shit man like it's not just santa and whatever like those are fun songs I and those are fun songs I for kids think these, like the be- oh oh holy night i think That's those what I was songs to really do with. bring you back Such like that i really do think that they center you in yeah the, it's just uh, like it's the songs that bring you back into what you oh know, yeah really, you know because it's not what's going on outside of it it's not what's you know it's not mm-hmm. the gift giving it's not all of the stress it's not what mm-hmm. are you doing here or there and it's just the, the songs hope, that remind you the hope of something better to come and everyone yeah. believing in that and seeing the stars shining up in the sky and like finding the peace and the beauty on like a cold yeah. dark night in the darkest longest coldest time of the year yeah and it's like the songs gets, that yeah. bring you there yeah yeah absolutely i love that and it re- really connects you to all of the people in the past and how humanity has always felt this way. You know, it's like since that Christ was beautiful. born. And in complete contrast to what you're saying, my favorite Christmas <laughs> song is This Christmas, oh. the fungus sun is blazing bright. <laughs> and we're caroling through the night. Very Merry Christmas. Who sings that? Well, 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 a few people sing that song. And I'm very, I'm very ashamed to say Chris Brown sings a very oh, nice shit. song. Well, irony, I don't well, know. Well, 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 I'm well. very ashamed to say. <laughs> that that is my favorite Christmas the hope song. Of there it. are other people who sing that song, but Chris Brown does sing it. Yeah. Um, Donny Hathaway sings a very, very nice rendition of that song. <laughs> You're a young black man in your heart. <laughs> it seems. <laughs> you got some oh, Curtis Mayfield oh in there. Boy, oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, dear listeners why have we gone through all the criteria there's Uh, a the sassy best friend in this is the shop owner santa i would say yeah because santa's the one she's her moral center in a lot of ways well she's the one that when the store gets broken into says you've let yourself kind of slip you got your shit together then when she starts pulling back to reality speech and then when santa when Mm -hmm. she starts pulling her shit together santa says like i think this is the first time i've seen you make a mature decision Mm -hmm. all that so yeah i'd say santa Mm -hmm. really is that so there is a sassy. Yeah. And I think that's a really good plot point, too, because you under it helps you understand who she is. You, yeah. you didn't 
you didn't know why she took that job and and Santa is like, Look, you used to be a people person and right. you used and to you be you were good at this and really I was awesome. lucky to have and now you. you're a shitty person. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh, that's a real like that's a moment Gives where you're you like, that. Oh, now we understand mm-hmm. who you are. We're right. not sure what happened to you exactly yet, but <laughs> you're like, Oh damn. Yeah. 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 There's a good amount of levity in here. Lots oh of God, spinning absolutely. and dancing. And the end scene with the whole talent show Christmas pageant. That really made my heart sing, too. Mm-hmm. Although that felt very love, actually, as well. With I that. liked it. Yeah. I was like, oh, is this what you do in London? And the whole, I liked the entire scene, too, where they were doing the auditions. I really liked the auditions. That was That was, that was a too. montage, too. That wasn't, there were like three montages, three montages in this. Montages. Oh, and there's our montage answer. There, yeah, three montages. Montage. And I thought they were all pretty well. They were all pretty well done. Genre. Yeah, I liked them all. Mm, um, were you the one who was showing me that? Mo is my mom showing me the video. Someone spliced together every time Alex Trebek says genre, and it's just like <laughs> genre, genre. And here's the genre, and it's like over and over and over. What again. word is he trying to say? Genre. Oh, that's not how you say it. It is in French. Genre. 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 Uh, the sub-genre here would be supernatural. supernatural, for sure. Also, learning and self-discovery. You could say it's a bildungsroman. You definitely, yeah. and I love that it's a woman mm-hmm. bildungsroman. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A female-driven bildungsroman. Female, female bildungsroman. Because we yeah. mainly see men. Mm-hmm. Because we mainly see men in these bildungsromans yeah. so mm-hmm. far. So mm-hmm. that was that was refreshing to know not all men are the only ones that are having trouble yes. out there. Uh, cameos. I don't know if Rob I mean, Delaney well, is a cameo. Yeah, that's... But... For me, it was. There was another cameo. And I'm blanking on who it was. <laughs> but I was really excited. Okay. When I saw it. I did feel like a little bad for construction workers that like... They were construction workers walking by and giving her like the whistles. I mean, come on, like a little too stereotypical. And I'm sure that you know, I'm. I, I you'd have preferred them to have tech entrepreneurs. Walking by. I don't know. Like it was just like a little too much. Like it could have been like anybody walking by giving her a whistle, right? Why did they have to be wearing construction vests? I mean, I'm gonna be real honest with it. Being 2019, if I'm walking down the street and I see a woman changing in like a a doorway. You're going to whistle at her? No. Let me finish instead of you putting words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It I was, totally identified with them. No, I'm going to be honest. Like I, I I would not whistle. I would feel uncomfortable and yeah. avert my eyes. I would look the other direction after making sure that this poor woman was okay because why are you changing in a doorway? Right. Mm-hmm. But no, I can't imagine walking down the street and seeing a woman changing in my first reaction being like, yeah, I better whistle real it, quick. I got it, I got it, I got it. I think I got it. I think I got it. I got it. Patty Lapone. Patty LaBelle. No, Patty Lapone is a okay. famous Broadway star. And she was she? the woman who comes into the Christmas store and can't decide between the two Jesuses. Oh, that was so great. She's like, great. Well, this one and looks precious. like you can party, but this one's just so precious. It she is help. a talent, man. She played Evita on stage. Really? She played Yentl. So at the end, I don't know if you heard her when she's walking away, she said something like, Santa, can you hear me? 
It's oh, yeah. from oh, that. That's why she said it? Yes. Papa, that's can you hear me? Yes. Because she plays that. I'm going to be really honest. I thought she was Jackie Harris. Oh, Jesus. I did. I did. That is fucking Lupone. I thought you She's looked, amazing. You looked over at me in the theater with like yeah. bright eyes. And that, Sarah, that's one of the God. biggest compliments you've ever given me that I would know. <laughs> you would know who Daddy Lupone is. <laughs> <laughs> but then you would think that I would. Thank you. You're welcome. That's the nice thing. I love her. That's the nicest thing you've ever done She's for me. <laughs> fucking amazing and she has a house on edisto island which is a really tiny island off the coast of south carolina that my stepmom has been going to for years and we've gone down there and that's where my sister got married on the beach and she has a house down there so us and patty lapone what's the length of this movie uh, the runtime is an hour 43, so it's okay. right in that sweet right spot. There. And That's I don't good. think there was really, there was no point in it where it felt like it wasn't moving. Yeah. It didn't lag. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think you could cut anything. There wasn't anything. a lot of drudgery. I never felt like that. Yeah. I never felt like that. Yeah. I think they did a good job of explaining her complicated relationship with her mom. For sure. And her mom and dad's messed up relationship and that of her yeah, sister. Yeah, that was sad, but yes. Yeah. Uh, without getting into a big, long thing, is it? So I was talking to someone recently and they were going on about their mother mm-hmm. and I didn't understand it. And I was like, you, it was the girl, and like, you make your mother sound like a terrible woman. Like I've met her. She's nice. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, you don't understand. Women have complicated yes. relationships with their mother. It, yes. Would you say that that it, the dynamic yes. between a, a daughter is different than a son? Okay. Definitely just, different expectations from the mom, different feelings as a daughter rather than a son. I think so. I agree, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a person who had an amazing and has an amazing relationship with her mom. Yeah, her mom's the balls. Well, no, I mean, I'm, I guess she's I, awesome. I guess I'm not saying that it's it it leads to a bad relationship, but she was just explaining to me like the reason what I'm s- describing you doesn't make sense is that that your dynamic as you understand it with a parent is a hundred percent different than yes. mine. And I guess I never really ever it sat is. down and thought about what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, of course it's different. Yeah, and, and, definitely. Yeah. And I think there are different expectations for daughters than sons. Yeah. And, you know, they say like when a daughter gets married, you gain a son. Oh, yeah. Have a have a have, have a, daughter, a daughter gain, gain a, a son. Have, have a, a son, son lose a son. son. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because you're usually more connected to the maternal side of exactly. your family. Right. But that also comes with its own implicit complications and you know intricacies and all that fun stuff oh yeah okay so let's say an alien flies down and goes beep Beep, boop beep boop I would like to see a romantic (laughs) (laughs) take me to your movies you know how how likely take me to your movies (laughs) uh, how likely are you to show that alien last Christmas yeah as, as a, a yeah as a rom-com one to ten where are you putting it I'm gonna put it at like a 7.5 okay because I agree with Laura it's lacking a little bit in the romance category but it has such strong other parts that it's kind of undeniably in that genre mm. and it's like built around this soundtrack. You've got the meat cute. You've got the side characters. You've got the funny levity. You've got the complicated family. You've got the, you know, ensuing ridiculous situations. You even got the end of the movie pageant coming together moment, which I feel like really is only pulled off 
in rom-coms. Mm-hmm. Um, and though it didn't end up with a boy meets girl, it still ended up with a resolution in which they were both happy and and she was a better person, mm-hmm. basically. And he, he does say... You would Take have had my, my heart. heart. You would have had it anyway. And, yeah. yeah, either way, oh, which is such a good oh, line. God. Yeah, oh, just melts. Or you, or you had it anyway. Take Wait, care of my heart. You, you would have had it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, how's this though? If this line, I when he said it, I thought this would have been a better line. Instead of "Take care of my heart," you would have had it anyway. Mm-hmm. What if he would have said "Take care of my heart"? It was always yours. <laughs> Tell me that's not a little bit better. I like that a little bit better. I don't. I'm just laughing because like, you whispered it. I like it you would have had it anyway because it was always yours implies that it was like destined to be hers, whereas she has it, but she would have had it if he'd been alive mm-hmm. too. But I think that's such a better line too than remember in Sleeping with Other People when he says, I'd rather be lo- or be single with you than than making love with anyone else or something and you can tell i could feel like i could tell that jason today because it's like i gotta say this cheesy ass line like every romantic comedy seems to have some sort of a line like that and that one in last christmas was so good yeah it was such like, a good line it, it didn't like feel like i was it eating was a bunch like, of crap yeah, it was just like it was like oh yeah it was that's good. good it was good yeah. really good Okay, so Laura, then if you had to put a number on it, Beep, bop, if boop. this uh, alien comes down and, and says, you know, take me you, to your movies, take me to your movies. What are you are you showing him this movie? What number are you giving it? One to ten as a romantic comedy. I mean, beep bop boop. This for me is <laughs> beep bop boop. This for me, boop. This for me is like a five because. I mean, because this really is about a person's personal journey and not really about a relationship. It's, um, but doesn't she need that relationship? She does. She really does, but, um, but not in a romantic argue that way. It's a relationship within her own brain, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. It, but it, I, I don't the think anything about it needs to be romantic. It, I don't think any about it is actually romantic. I think she mm. makes it romantic in her mind, but he is not a, uh, uh, boyfriend or um, he doesn't even have to be a love interest in this movie she just makes him but that. she wants him to be she wants him to be and they don't end up and together the last line though so. is you would have had it anyway yeah but it's a heart as an organ but she and would not have had necessarily it. as it, it, like that's a... why it works and that why that line works because it's a double entendre <laughs> that's fair that is so fair but i mean i don't feel if i was going to show an alien this movie this is not a romantic comedy to me this is like hmm. just a personal journey that ends up being a really great ending and it's great i i don't know i mean hmm. yeah right so you put yeah. more weight on the relationship. Yeah, there's no relation. There, there's no romantic relationship there for me. The romantic relationship for me is the guy from the uh, homeless shelter. Homeless shelter. There, hmm. you know, if 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 the movie was going to continue and be a romantic comedy, it would be like those two hmm. for me. Hmm. Interesting. And I really want them to be together, but he's a ghost. Yeah. I was going to give it a higher score. I was going to say eight, and then you just talked me out of it because it hits a lot of our elements. Mm -hmm. But then you said something really important that it isn't a relationship, and it made me realize 
it <laughs> isn't a two-sided story. In a, in a real romantic comedy, you saw, you see how each person positively influences the other. Although the I would say have. once Ooh. again, that line, that very last line <laughs> confirms to me that he has his own identity. You would have had it anyway. It's something that he says that he can only say if he is an individual. Okay. He couldn't say that if he were a phantom of her imagination because he would already be a part of her who wouldn't have his own position. But he's recognizing that he was once a person. And if they had met and he was alive, she would have had his heart anyway. So that line in and of itself, I think... I love what you're saying. I <laughs> really do. I love that. I really do. I just I just feel like if it was going to be if I if an alien came down from another planet and yeah. I showed them this movie, I just don't feel like it would be or I just Strong don't feel like enough. I could say like this is what a romantic comedy is. I yeah. feel like it would just I would give it a 5 because I you know the the stuff is there. Uh, maybe a six or a seven but the stuff is there but i just don't feel like it's 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 more of a buildings roman than a romantic comedy for me Hmm. i'm sorry i probably agree with sarah (laughs) (laughs) wow things are changing rapidly probably like a seven but like maybe a five to a seven i just like some stuff is there i just don't feel like i would ever show this Yeah, I mean, like, I I would never show this to an alien and be like, "This is." I will. I left the theater feeling disappointed about the fact that this was not a romantic comedy. I hmm. thought it was going to be a romantic comedy. It definitely, was I not felt a very Christmassy leaving the theater. Though I felt very yeah. warm and yeah. good Christmas feeling, which I think sure. is a is good a Christmassy message. feeling. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, no, As... I'm not doubting that. I don't. So if we're going with. Christmas movie I think it's higher up you know but again yeah but you know not maybe it didn't need to be at Christmas that's what you keep saying but I say that I have a Christmas feel at the end you know that warmth and goodwill to humanity and George Michael change your life anytime you want to Exactly. So as a romantic comedy, I would I'm probably giving it a six and a half. It has the elements, but like you said, it doesn't go all the way. I'm kind of more with I guess Laura agreed with Sarah and I agree with Laura, so in a way by property of transference. I'll never agree with any of you. Moral of the story, none of us wants to disagree with Sarah. Because <laughs> we think I'm she's always right. Deal. Uh, but I but as a movie, it is a great Christmas movie, I would say. Yeah. You walk out, it not only makes you feel good, but if you have like a hard time with the holidays, like myself, like it really does get you kind of amped up to go mm-hmm. out and go like, you know, yeah. it is, I am responsible for me. Mm-hmm. I get to decide what my yeah. life looks like and how I view the world around me. Yeah. It'll help change your perspective. So if you're having a hard time this holiday season, Amelia Clark will put you in the, yeah. the right mindset. And Absolutely. Laura was saying how it may not need to be said at Christmas, which, okay, fair except for the fact that it's called last christmas mm-hmm. but the rest of the george michael songs don't have anything to do with christmas yeah. it's just that one but at its end it does give you a message that's helpful for dealing with the dark cold winter solstice time of year for sure for sure. you would say i would say we all need that yeah 
Well, I like like the main character. This was a bit of a hot mess, but I hope everybody stuck with us because yeah, it was this, worth it. This movie really was a good movie. It was all over the place, but like it. I mean, at the, at the end of it, I mean, yes. It's, Ignore the critics it's, and just yeah, enjoy and yourself. Just go see it. It, you know, uh, just it's about changing your life if you want to. Mm-hmm. It's about deciding to have a better outlook on things mm-hmm. and, you know, like to everybody good needs that message for yourself. in their lives. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. <laughs> well, then, uh, Sarah, if anybody has any either feedback or wants to see any pictures, yeah, you would go onto Instagram and go to romcomcomdotcom or onto our Facebook page, romcomcom.com. Please, I still haven't figured out the email situation, so do not email us. You can also contact us through our website, romcomcom.com. Yeah, and... Uh... If people really liked our intro and outro theme and they were thinking, man, those are toe-tapping tunes. I might mm. want to listen to some of those over the holiday season. What band are they looking up? This is my suitcase. Yeah, the song is Love and it's off the album The Keys to Cat Heaven. Check them out and all their other side projects. They're a gr- great group of artists in the Columbus area that Columbus. It still have, yeah, have a lot of side projects. So, Laura, thank you so much for hosting us. She had, it, we'll take a picture of our setup and Sarah can put it on Instagram. She she has a whole spread in front of us of, of cookies and candies and beers. And she's been shoving beers at us, even though I'm very hungover. And it's just a <laughs> delightful host. And as always, uh, just had just a delight hanging out with you. <laughs> and a merry Christmas. Love you guys. <laughs> and a happy festival. And a Christmas Hanukkah Quantica. <laughs> oh, and hey, do you guys think I can pull off the nickname Santa? Yes, but no velvet blazer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and definitely no cheetah coat. I fun, you guys. Bye. exactly what I need because you're forcing me to say yes to life.